I want the fairy tale. I want the Prince Charming. She, how do I put this, isn't a fan of my kissing style. So we were boyfriend and girlfriend for about 12 hours. He's in a trash bin. He's non-recyclable. Catch you never. I love being in love. I love love. On today's episode of Where's Your Head At, we are welcoming Nat Kringoudis, healthcare practitioner and natural fertility expert to the studio. It's time to chat all things women's health and find out more about how you can improve your fertility. I'm also going to ask a few questions about mine. Stick around to hear all things hormones, birth control and PMS. Where's Your Head At is a podcast that talks all things relationships, breakups, reality TV, trending shows, and everything in between. This is your new go-to destination for laughs, gossip, intimate details, advice, and much more. Hey, Nat. Hi, guys. Good morning. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm good. Thank you for coming in. Yeah. Yeah. So, Nat is my naturopath. And she has helped me so much. Like, obviously, I've done it all. I've done the pill. I had the rod in my arm. Hated them all. Had the marina. Mm. And then I kind of spoke to Nat, actually, about taking out the marina. And she was like, this is a great idea, right? you loved it first. I did love it at first. You did love it first. And I think that's important to actually point out. Because a lot of women do love it first. And there's nothing wrong with that if it works for you. Yeah. It's about having all the information. It's interesting, right? Because I was like the biggest advocate for the marina, which I kind of feel a little bit bad about. I don't think that's my, that's my point. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you have to feel bad because it works until it doesn't. True. So the first, my first experience, because I don't know if I've told you this, Matt, was a really great experience. Mm-hmm. Actually, getting it in was a terrible experience, but after it was put in... I had five years of bliss. Right. Like, didn't think about contraception once. It was yeah. great. The marina's the rod, yeah? No, the marina goes... Oh, in, that thing that you yeah, just had. Goes got, in yeah, the... Okay. Yeah, it sits in like a little T-shape in the uterus. Yeah. It's like a little... It literally is a rod that sits in there. Nice. <laughs> Look at that face. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, like I, said, I don't know much about this sort of stuff. So I'm You're about to get an, an education. education. <laughs> yeah, with everyone else. <laughs> So, yeah, so great experience. Second time I had it in, I went under because of my first bad experience of getting it put in. But then after that, I felt really uncomfortable. And like during sex, it was quite sore. Just, you know, when intuitively something feels wrong, like I felt like they'd put it in wrong, but I didn't want to be like, hey, I think you put this in wrong because they'd probably be like, what are you talking about? You know nothing. Yeah, this is our job. <laughs> how do you know how you feel? Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's the thing, right? Is like we aren't really taught growing up to listen to our bodies. We're not taught at all. And this is my, I'm not here to say you should or you shouldn't. Yeah. I just want everyone to have information. Yeah. And especially I've got a 15, nearly 15-year-old and the more I can help her understand, the less she fears it, the more she knows when she's actually fertile, when she's not, and she can make choices around that. But to yeah. flatline your hormones all the time, it doesn't come without issues yeah. as, you, as you've worked out. And I'm so interested to see how you feel moving forward yeah. not being on any birth control because women will say to me nine and a half times out of ten, I didn't know what it was like to feel like me. Yeah. Because it changes your brain. It Mm. changes your hormones. And so therefore you don't feel like you actually are a different version of yourself. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of women are discovering. I already feel better. I'm not going to lie. Like when I initially got the marina taken out, I was in the dumps. Like I was so sad. You Googled it. (laughs) I Googled it and it said I was having a hormone crash, I think. Yeah. Would you say that the marina and that sort of stuff suppress your natural like? 
Well, the marina works a little bit differently. So the pill definitely flatlines everything. Yeah. We know that. So yeah. the, the hormones within the, the oral contraceptive pill just keep everything the same. That couldn't be healthy for your Correct. body. Correct. It's not because yeah. there's, there's benefits to your hormones cycling mm. and how you feel in your menstrual cycle is different every single day. If you think about what my hormones were doing yesterday and what they're going to do tomorrow is mm. completely different. And how your mood's going to be. Correct. And sometimes that's a good thing <laughs> and sometimes that's not a good thing. Boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> but but having said that, there are times where you're at your peak and you're awesome and you yeah. would notice that, whereas you don't get those ebbs and flows on birth control. Mm. And let's just say also there are people on birth control for many reasons, not just contraception. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're not sitting here going, you should stop, but we've got to look at why someone's taking it. Because you think can that's take really it for important. other reasons. Like I remember back at school, girls would take it, particularly their skin up and mm. stuff like that. Do you do it for weight loss? I don't know. Like, you do. I think you put on weight. Yeah, you tend to most some, some sort of thing. Most like girls put on weight. Yeah. But the problem with the acne, which is really common, yeah. is it doesn't treat the reason why you've you're getting acne. Mm. Mm. So that's problem because when you come off, then your acne comes flooding back because mm. it was never actually addressed. And the only way we can really know that is to test someone's hormones to see what they're doing. Yeah. yeah so, so it's, it's like very a band-aid. I went on Roaccutane mm. as a kid. Oh, did you? Yeah, I did like I didn't know two that. cycles of that. Mm. That's probably something that's fucked up my Well, it, it can have long term this is the other thing. Any medication has side effects yeah. or implications mm. and it's one thing to take it, but then what can you do whilst you're on that to support your body. We don't I live for this day where your GP says, "Hey, we're going to give you a marina, but we kind of know it does imbalance things, it does upset our gut health, it does that which has a flow on effect." Yeah. How about also you take a multivitamin, multimineral, a fish oil and maybe some probiotics yeah. to support you and that we're not there yet. That still doesn't We're happen. not there. You should see my vitamin case. I have like <laughs> a morning one and an evening one and it's like packed really? full of all that You're probably stuff. ODing on vitamins though. Let's get I real. Well. <laughs> I well. That's what I say. Nah, I just think I put so much other shit in my body. Like may as well like level it up yes. with some clean stuff. Right. Yeah. Feel good. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely interesting because I had a chat with Nat and then I went to my gynecologist and he was like, this is a terrible idea. He's like, because I said, I just want to get it out. And he was like, I'm going to give you a week to think about this. And I was like, so we can't get it out today. And he was like, no, he said something that stuck with me is he said, women aren't supposed to get their periods every month. Back in the olden days, women would get pregnant at like 17 and then they would probably keep getting pregnant throughout their life. And so you're not meant to have your period every month. And I was like, that just seems so contradictory to anything I've ever, <laughs> ever heard. Told, yeah. I This is a common conversation that people are having with their health providers, not all health providers. Yeah. But to me, it is extremely lazy to suggest that you're not supposed to have a period mm. because here's the reality of that. Say you're 17 and you fall pregnant and then you're lactating as well. So you're you're breastfeeding your baby. A lot of women don't get their period when they're breastfeeding. So yeah, you go through a period of time where you don't. But the minute your body starts ovulating again, you're going to get a period. Now, if you fall pregnant again, then of course your period's going to go away. But if you don't, your period's still going to be there yeah. every month. So I was like, that doesn't even make sense because if you're not pregnant or lactating, then you're going to be hopefully ovulating and getting a period. Yeah. I understand that, that times have changed, but... To shut down any body system, it's like saying, oh, I don't think you need to move your bowels anymore. We're just yeah. going <laughs> to stop that. 
<laughs> it's like that's the most ridiculous yeah. thing I've ever heard. There's, there's nothing in our bodies that don't serve a purpose. So to suggest that, it's very common to suggest that and yeah. it's believed that we don't need it. But in the circles that I exist in especially, and I think you're going to see a lot more of this in functional medicine, your period is really a report card of your hormones mm. and you get that feedback every month. And if it's, there's a problem with it, then you get to look at that and you go, okay, I've had pain this month or it hasn't been comfortable or it was early or it was late. Like what is my body telling me? And you can use those symptoms and signs as clues as to what to do next. Mm. See? Okay. Well, look, I had a chat with you and – I think after coming off of contraception, sometimes it can be hard for women to get their period back. So you did an <laughs> acupuncture point on me to help me get it back and literally woke up the next morning, had my period. And I was like, fuck. I was like, thank you, Nat, but also damn it. <laughs> I think back. it was the sum of many things. I think it was the timing of the acupuncture. I think it was like, you know, that you, there are acupuncture sequences that you can use to promote ovulation and get a period for yeah. sure. Um, and sometimes it can help to, to speed things up. For women that have missed cycles altogether, it can help with that as well. Yeah. But I think it was, it was good, good timing Good timing. For you. <laughs> yeah, that, and, and look, the thing, when you came in, you were also really sick. Yes. So I was like, we actually have to treat that first. That's my priority yeah. over you getting your period back. You don't need your period right now to be healthy. Yeah. But we need to support your immune system a little bit better. But we got, we got the double whammy. We got both. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about acupuncture because I feel like not a lot of people know about it. I did a poll saying on my Instagram story saying, have you ever had acupuncture before? And I think it was like... 30% of people had had it. And it's it, the dry needles, yeah, that they stick into you. Different. different. Yes, yes, but different. So dry needling is really common. I think a lot of people have had dry needling. Yeah. They've gone to their physio. myotherapist, their physio, yeah, their okay. chiro, their osteo. And it's that dry needling is a little bit – it's a little bit – Stick it where it hurts and stimulate it until you're like feeling like you're, you know, being nailed to a tree. Yeah, (laughs) they were putting it in my shoulder and I was sort of like twitching. (laughs) That's hit something. (laughs) It actually felt not too bad, to be fair. He walked out like this. It was fine. Um, Um, So dry needling, yes, intercepts the message to the brain, helps to relax the muscle. Like it's really good for musculoskeletal treatments where you've got pain within the body. But acupuncture is another layer to that again um, where, I mean, I went to university for four years to learn how to properly use acupuncture as a tool and there's many ways that it's it's been proven to work and there's many theories about how it does work traditionally it's it's a little we, we use meridians and it's it's a little bit like corridors I explain it that you open and close doors to influence how energy in the body is, is moving mm. and we say that every organ has a meridian and a meridian either goes down an arm or, or down a leg and so we use various points to change the way the body's working essentially we know that certain points well there's one acupuncture point that's been researched because there's no money in researching acupuncture points let's be honest so why are we researching it but it is definitely been proven to reduce all inflammation in the body and because it it, um, communicates with the vagus nerve so we know it works and when it's been studied under observation where they've injected dye these meridians that I talk about which aren't like a vein or a, a vessel or a they're not actually something that we physically see but they are a space that 
exists between muscles, tendons, bones, and there actually has been proven that the meridian exists. So we've got a lot more to learn, but I want to know who the first person was that was sitting under a tree one day 3,000 years ago (laughs) and went, I'm just going to pop this point down here and, oh, look, your headache's gone. Amazing. (laughs) So there's lots of theories as to how it works. At the end of the day, I've been utilising acupuncture in clinic for 19 years, which makes me feel really old, and the the results still surprise me today. Like I'm still like... And it's so and, you know cool. so it's good it, it's really good and it I think one one of the other things we know is it reduces stress dramatically yeah so therefore when someone we can move them out of a state of fight and flight into an optimal state then their body's going to work better anyway I saw you've moved me out of some fight and flight <laughs> times I've gone in and there's been a, I've been like I'm very stressed and I'm not sleeping that well yes. I've had some acupuncture and I actually do feel better yeah I, I'm, migraines I wanna, good for migraines yes I want to try it out now come on in see yeah, see yeah. what you can do to me yeah go to the pagoda <laughs> tree can, you'll um, love it you can take on this challenge <laughs> I'm always up for a challenge yeah, see, and that's like I'm riddled with anxiety yeah, make this a little bit good. <laughs> yeah right now i'd love some well look did you bring your needles with you actually sorry <laughs> we should have done this live oh, i know i could have laid on this table and just got it done i love that there's so many different forms of birth control and obviously i have now at 30 decided i don't want to put any more hormones in my body and i have decided to use the daisy um, which I feel like a lot of people wouldn't know about because I had no idea what the daisy was. So maybe do you want to explain mm, sure. the type of birth control that I am now using? Yeah, sure. So daisy is a device, almost like a tiny computer, that you take your basal body temperature every morning and it records it. And we've been using basal body temperature to record cycles for ever for moons. So that part of it's not revolutionary, but the fact is that daisy learns your cycle and over around three months it's able to become more and more accurate in pinpointing your fertile and non-fertile days. So it's pretty cool. It's been around for around 40 years, this technology, and the algorithm that it used is based on over 5 million women's cycles. So you're getting very accurate data to the point where now it's around 99.4% accurate at pinpointing your non-fertile days. So what do you do? So... The device itself, you literally, it, it kind of looks like a thermometer on one end and it's got a little tiny computer on the other end. And you and do you just, this every morning? Yeah, yeah. you just press yeah. the button, put it under your tongue and it beeps when you're finished and that's it. That's all you have to do. Right. And then you can sync, well, you would want to probably at some point over the cycle sync it to the app so you can see okay. the data on it, on an okay. interface. And yeah. it says like fertile, not fertile, or like still working you out. Yeah. So it's like a like a flow app sort of thing, but, but it goes off your temperature. So great, great question. So yes, any app that you're using that you're not putting in data as your basal body temperature is only guessing your ovulation based on the last month. Okay. This is actually able to predict and confirm, correct. So the temperature is the key part. And there's other um, devices out there that use these methods now. The difference with Daisy is it's been around for 40 years. It's the OG. It's the yeah. OG of this. I've, I used to work with the brand years ago and even then I was like it was, it was, it was streets ahead of the rest. One thing I do want to say is we can't call it contraception because it's not a device 
So like a marina is an actual fitted device. It's right. not a barrier method. So a condom is a protection contraception. But this is actually helping you to practice what we call fertility awareness. Knowing when you're fertile, knowing when you're not, yeah. and doing whatever the hell you want to do with that. It's up to you. Yeah. Yeah. You know I what I mean? Say, making decisions. <laughs> yeah. And then it's making then decisions based yeah. on that. So, so you know, the, to me... It's it's a game changer for a lot of women. Some women can't be on birth control for yeah. whatever reason that doesn't agree with them. Some women want to come off but don't trust themselves. And also, if you've been on birth control for 10, 15 years and you come out off, you are not going to have a clue what's going on. So yeah. to have something that confirms that you can at least feel like, okay, well, I'm actively watching what's happening here and learning mm-hmm. is yeah. a bit of a backup plan. Well, it's interesting, right? Because I feel like growing up, my mom has drummed into me, do not have sex without using protection. You will get pregnant. And after talking to Nat, I realised that that's actually a full-blown lie. <laughs> but we were all yeah, taught that. Like, yeah. We were all, taught, we were all that. taught that. And it's just not the truth. Like we're only fertile for like 12 hours or something. Well, yes, but then we would still, if we wanted to be cautious, we would – Generally, we pull that over three or four days just to be careful. Well, A, we don't know at what moment of the day you ovulate. B, sperm can last for up to five days. So we want to have, we want to be, and this is the thing I love about Daisy, it's extremely conservative. It won't tell you you're non-fertile if you're not out of that window, which is nice. Um, Also, you'll be able to line it up with your own body clues. So uh, when you ovulate, it's the day you look in the mirror and you're like, huh. I look really good today. I've heard this. Right? When you because ovulate, you look hotter. Yeah, you do. Right? <laughs> so you have a certain glow about you. Can I tell you? You probably release pheromones as well. Yes, yeah. of course you do. <laughs> Absolutely. But also, just to the point of your mum, <laughs> your body is trying to set you up for pregnancy every day of your cycle. It doesn't yeah. mean you're fertile every day of your cycle it's trying to put you in an optimum position for pregnancy to occur and it should conception not happen that is that egg that's released in ovulation and sperm not meet up then the cycle repeats itself again and it gets ready for the next month so you know mum wasn't completely wrong in that sense she's wrong in the sense that you have sex fall pregnant every time but We've got to understand that, yes, there are certain peaks and troughs in the cycle. But ovulation, mm. you generally feel good. Your body wants you to go out and meet someone to make a baby. So it makes you, you, it makes you like, this. fabulous. I've, you know? heard, I've heard so many interesting things. Like I heard that when you're ovulating, your face looks more symmetrical to yes. men. And then I've also heard that you want to dress in sexier clothes. <laughs> and your voice is higher pitched. Is it? Yes. Because for some reason that's attractive. Oh, <laughs> we okay. sound like a chipmunk and we attract... <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Isn't that hilarious though? That's yeah, wild. your voice is higher when you're ovulating. Oh my god! Um, yeah, you're you're like basically a whole vibe when you're ovulating, and then we come down the other side, and then you're like yes. wanting to kill. <laughs> <laughs> you're like you didn't get me pregnant again, ma. <laughs> Oh, God, how funny. But it's all this stuff we were never really taught. Or if we were, we never connected the dots. I think we were taught ovulation has to happen for conception, or at least there has to be an egg and a sperm have to meet. But the process of that only happening once a month. We weren't taught that. I wasn't anyway. Um, The other thing I do want to say, and I think it's really important, a couple of things I want to say to that, is that barrier methods are the only way we protect ourselves against STIs. Mm. And if you're on birth control, chances are unless you're using a condom, um, you're not protecting yourself. And I think that's really important, especially for uh, 
I say my, you know, the younger generation, my daughter's Absolutely. generation. I'm like, you guys need to realise this. We um we always promote safe sex here. Absolutely. I don't think there's enough of it in Australia. about Enough like, sex or? No. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> I mean, like, like promoting safe sex. Like, I don't yeah. think, like, I know I've spoken to a couple of, like, American girls and over there it's pretty big that, like, they're hounded that they need to wear condoms all yeah. the time. But I don't feel like here it is. Like, I think everyone's a bit more like that. We're too relaxed. We're too here. relaxed about it. Yeah, yeah. We're really relaxed. It's almost like cool to not wear a condom because it's like, ugh, I don't want to wear a condom. Yeah, yeah. risky. You know, and especially if you're having sex with multiple partners. Mm. Like, I think it's really important for young this next generation to realize that just being on the pill doesn't actually help you there yeah at all and absolutely. and I'm, I'm at the point where i also treat a lot of women for fertility reasons and mm-hmm. stis can be a big factor for fertility as really? to why women aren't falling pregnant and sometimes it's had an undiagnosed sti correct. for a long time yeah what type of stds would ha- std sti oh sorry yeah, same is it, uh, what is it now yeah it's they've changed it to sti but okay, stds okay, okay. is what i grew up yeah, with sorry, it sounds- yeah. <laughs> she's a bit old <laughs> um what type of stis hinder women's fertility then i'll never forget the one time i sat in on surgery uh laparoscopy with a surgeon and it was for they were doing a laparoscopy for fertility purposes this woman wasn't falling pregnant so the only way we can really know sometimes what is actually happening is with a laparoscopy you can't sometimes you can't detect endometriosis or other issues via a scan in fact most times you can't I'd say every time you can't always. And so it was for fertility purposes. This woman was trying to fall pregnant and she wasn't having any success. And I, I remember sitting there and he's he's gone in and he's like, oh, she's full of chlamydia, close her up, like that's it, done. We, and so How I was... How tell someone's full of chlamydia? He could see it. <laughs> You can see. What does it look like? I don't know. I'm not the surgeon. How I'm picturing it is like (laughs) gremlins. Yellow. The yellow goo. Probably. I would say it would look. It would look pretty infected. I would say it would look pretty bad. Oh, that would. And also, if you don't know this about you, I teach women how to read their signs. So this is gross, but women have discharge and it changes. And if you're not used to seeing that, and the pill will absolutely suppress that then you don't even have these clues yourself. You don't know how to read them. Whereas I have been through personally changes with my cervix where I've had to monitor that. And, you know, that's because of abnormal pap smears and whatever else. And truly, you can see when something's not healthy and you can see when something is. And it's either that it's a funny colour or it smells or it just isn't right. So Mm. if that's you and don't be afraid of that, it's important your body's serving you signs that you need to go and then get answers to. And a lot of these things are treatable. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, chlamydia is just the two pills, isn't it? Yeah, but I think the problem is when it's left over a long period of time, it becomes really tricky to treat and it has other implications as well. Yeah. So didn't you think you had chlamydia and you were like, just give me the medication? (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to do the test. No, I had a girl (laughs) message me and say, hey, I've got chlamydia, get yourself checked. And I was like, all right. So I went to the doctors and he was like, well, we need to test you. I'm like, don't even bother. I was like, just give me the test. She just told me this. Um, but he's like, no, we insist you do the test as well. So I did the test. I've actually never had an STI. Right. Believe it or not. There you go. So he <laughs> took the meds and not actually. No, well, I did the test before I took the meds. So I didn't, they came back and he told me right. we don't have anything. I was like, well, I've already taken the meds. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, well, this girl message you saying that. Don't waste your time like doing the test. Just give me <laughs> just the give meds. Just give it to me. Yeah, just give, give me, me the, the, but the remedy. But I insisted I did it. So I went and did it and then, yeah. But I've never had one. You were negative. I was negative. Good job. Yeah. 
positive mind though. Yeah, good job. <laughs> <laughs> keep staying positive, keeping the test negative. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I've never had one in my illustrious career. Yeah, let's keep it that way. Yes. Mm-hmm. I sense. wanted to ask you a question in regards to the daisy mm-hmm. because I found this interesting. So you told me that if the daisy comes up that I'm not fertile at the moment, that I can still technically have sex and how do it I can say be unprotected. This? You it can, can have be unprotected sex. and and you won't fall pregnant. And I won't fall pregnant with a complete finish involved. Inside. With ejaculation. She's like yeah. wanting me to say. I, I think she's I waiting this? for me just, to. This just is like charades. Just be straight word. up. I mean, I don't want to say when it comes inside me, but I mean, here we are. <laughs> so we were talking about periods, him. discharge. Now we're at sperm and ejaculation. We're at, we're at ejaculation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> absolutely. Once Daisy has learnt you. Yes. Um, the nice thing about Daisy is that she'll give you non-fertile indication, fertile indication and unsure. And if she's unsure, you should be unsure as well. That's where you would use a barrier method, especially as she's learning you. So she'll give you a red light for when you are fertile. Yeah, like don't do it. It's red. No. (laughs) Unless you are, obviously we also, women use it to fall pregnant. Yeah. And And Daisy can also tell you if you're pregnant. That's something else. That just to put on the radar. Oh my um, god! So if the three lights come on, then I'll know I'm pregnant. Yeah. I will have a heart attack. Yeah. Like, but no. uh, that's never happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so yeah, you can when you're when you're green, then you are absolutely out of the woods, and you will not be green in a position where green means go. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> He's smart. Yeah, smart. I know. I'm just telling you, just to reassure everyone. But yes, you can. You can um, Daisy will, can, will know um, if you're pregnant, which actually is amazing for the environment because plastic pregnancy tests um, and landfill, and especially if you've been trying for a long time, you will go through a lot of those. Yeah. So yeah. I've gone through a lot of pregnancy tests and I've always been on like hormonal contraception, so I'm really unsure why yeah. I've done them. Also though... <laughs> Seems like you're just being a bit dramatic. <laughs> I mean, it is, it is me. <laughs> drama to the situation. But, but the, the efficacy of birth control, birth control fails people all the time. Yeah. People fall pregnant whilst on birth control. So, you know, you're not crazy. Yeah. It does happen. What was that trick you told me that the, the man just has to wee before? Oh, that's withdrawal method. Oh. Yeah. So okay. if you are not, if he's not ejaculating and he's withdrawing, the correct way, the correct method of withdrawal that makes it 94% effective is what I always learnt when I did all of my f- education is that you have to make sure that he's peed and if you were to ha- have sex more than once in a, Sitting. Sitting. I don't know what you call that, a session. Um, then they need to pee again in between. What do you classify as having sex then? In more than- if he is ejaculated, yeah. um, he needs to pee before he ejaculates again because, because there the can wee. still be live sperm. You know, in there, ready to in the tube, in the in the chamber, ready to go. It's funny that we're counting. How's all the lingo we've got going on? I just think a whole other topic is are we counting it when he ejaculates and he finishes? Because it is because she's not at any risk of making herself pregnant unless there's sperm there. (laughs) No, but having but sex finishes when he finishes. That's a whole other. That's a whole whole other topic. Don't argue with the messenger. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, and and obviously again. Um, it needs to be practiced with perfect use to be 94% effective. Yeah. You know, people will say, oh, but he ejaculated. I'm like, yeah, well, hello. Uh, that could definitely result in pregnancy. Yeah. So it, there's a reliability on the male to actually know that as well. 
How does being on hormonal contraception affect your gut health? Any medication, not just the pill. Yeah. But mm. I would say the pill is one of the most common medications that women use. Yeah. Um, would you say taking anything orally is going to f- like if fuck mess your, you up? Yeah. Unfortunately, health? that's what we know. We know that yeah. it impacts the bacteria. We know that it uh, the pill specifically depletes vitamins and minerals, except yeah. for iron. It's the only thing it doesn't deplete because you're not bleeding. So, well, if you are, it's kind of controlled. Um, and a lot of women will use it for heavy bleeding mm. without looking at why they're bleeding heavy, which is another conversation. Um, so we know it does that. And and, um, and it really, on on the um, overall, it really does disrupt the integrity of the gut. Yeah. So that can be the gut wall, that can be the lining, that can be the bacteria and other things that exist. It's just That's just the way it is. It's just what it does. Yeah. yeah. It's I mean, a side effect. I've spoken to you about how I'm a little bit worried about my gut health because I have been on the most antibiotics, like especially in the past year, I reckon. I have just been doing like back-to-back antibiotics and I feel like I'm just so off balance. If anyone else is at home listening to this also worried about their gut health, what's some things that mm. people can do to really improve that? I love that question. I think we underestimate food. When it comes to, we want the probiotic, give me the tablet, give me more, give me more things. Is there Mm. another thing that I can take for that? What did I have the other day? Oh, I have a sunburn and I was like, I was like to my girlfriend, I'll just take a tablet, I'll get rid of it. And then she's like, there's no tablet. Here's some aloe vera there. That that, that fixes that. That's my mentality. I was just like, I want You can take fish oil. I take sunburn, the every day. For sunburn, you can increase your dose. I don't advocate for you being sunburnt, but oh, no, if no, you were to be... Oh, no, that's a whole other topic. Yes. I fucked up, yeah. Um, but if you were to be, you can use fish oil for the inflammation. It works really well. Wow. Okay. I yeah. take three in the morning, three at night. I would have probably added an extra dose in there just while you were burnt. Okay. You might have... <laughs> you might have needed some more <laughs> visits to the bathroom, but... Um, <clears throat> so so um, pre and probiotics are really important. Yeah. Probiotics... you. We see them, you buy them over the counter. They help to re-establish the good gut bacteria because after antibiotics, everything gets cleared out. Yeah. And that is like chopping down all the trees in a forest and then maybe just releasing some snakes and rabbits and that's it. And that's all you've got colonising that that forest. What we want to do is recolonize everything, everything that's in the for- yeah. forest and that takes time. But also it's not just the probiotic, it's the prebiotics. It's mm. the foods that help the probiotics to flourish that are actually more important than the probiotic. So foods that are rich in fiber are generally those that are the the, pro, the prebiotics. So I love patients to have high fiber yeah. in their diet as a way of doing that. And then obviously less processed inflammatory foods. So the sugar, the gluten, the dairy, a lot of people can't have those in the first place. But if your gut's compromised, it's not really in its best performance to actually assimilate those so we Mm. might need less of those whilst we're recovering and then once we've recovered we can introduce those foods were we talking about high fiber stuff in here was that on an episode yeah we were talking we were talking about having more fiber fiber i have to say so i've always advocate for high fiber yeah but actually in more recent times i've been getting patients to have their fiber at the beginning of their meal and it's been an absolute game changer it balances your blood sugar which for my patients helps to balance their hormones it reduces inflammation so it would mean starting your meal with a small salad or eating your broccoli before your protein or maybe a handful of almonds or a handful of popcorn it's kind of like you know how you stretch before a workout it's like setting the gut up to digest digest, Mm. see i like that i had an apple on the way here good job well done apples are that good because i was filling up the car and i was like 
Nat did tell me to have an apple and it was <laughs> as I was waiting, it was just staring me in the face and I was like, I'm going to have to buy that. Yeah, you, you know, go. I read something that an apple's better than like two coffees for energy or something. Probably. It has more. But how good's coffee as well? Like well, we have to have balance here, don't we? Fuck, don't get upset. We've taken we've, our listeners on a coffee journey. We, <laughs> we sometimes talk about coffee for like 15 <laughs> minutes straight. Yeah, about how good When we've like is. not had our coffee early enough in yeah. the morning, it's not okay. Yeah. We're actually both like really reining it in this year because we were doing back-to-back okay. coffee. That's so why I, you've got this small coffee thank you, thank I ordered you. a regular yes. and they gave me a small and you're I was like, like no that's thanks. not going to cut it and they're like just take the small anyway but I'll tell you if you were to have an apple a handful of almonds an apple and the coffee your blood sugar wouldn't spike if if you just had either the coffee or just the apple the almonds will make the difference so a bit of a combination also you don't probably want the coffee on an empty stomach you yeah. probably want to have would, something yeah, in there yeah. My, I, this is some information that I've always taken with me my year 10 drama teacher, she said she was like finishing her lunch because we come back from lunch and she was eating her apple and she was like, an apple cleanses the pellet. It works better than the like palate. toothpaste. Palate, pellet, <laughs> yes. whatever, your mouth. So yes. I always eat an apple last. There you go. There you because go. Because it cleans your mouth out. Beautiful. And he what? doesn't have to carry a toothbrush around. Yeah, well, I still carry a toothbrush. <laughs> he does. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really OCD, OCD <laughs> about my mm. mouth health. So- uh, look, I am just going to dump myself in. I start my day with a coffee. What's something that I can do before that to kind of make – what can I eat, I or, guess? Or should I drink water? <laughs> <laughs> you could you could start with some fibre, like even just – Like a carrot or something. Yeah, or a handful of almonds, almonds. some raspberries. It doesn't have to be a lot. Okay. It doesn't have to be a lot at all, but okay. it's probably going to spike your cor- – well, it's going to spike your blood sugar and it's going to spike your cortisol depending on how you have your coffee unless right. it's black. If it's black and nothing else in it is different, but even then it's it's better, especially if we're talking about hormones, that you have something with it. Right. Well, I start my morning with my vitamins. So I have my fish oil. Doesn't that make you feel nauseous? Not really. I can't have vitamins. I've done it now for like 10 years. I can't have vitamins on an empty stomach. I've really? Got... I do it like 30 minutes because I've got some stuff that apparently meant to start your metabolism. Right. Like, like, Oh, yes. apple yes. seed vinegar oh, yeah. or something Good. like that. Good, apple cider vinegar. Yeah, uh, and the one that starts with G, Glutamine? I can't pronou- yeah, I can't pronounce it. it. It's either glutathione or glutamine. It's something like that. It's meant to start your metabolism. So yes. that's in there. Then there was something glutamine. that I got for male libido. That's in there. Bit of horny goat weed. No, it's not quite that. It's four seasons. <laughs> male sent it libido, Matt. Do you need that? No, I know. I know. Then I've got my PCT. I just got everything in there. I just take it and. Look at Matt showing off yeah. on all his vitamins. Well, I'm like proud of you that you can have it on an empty stomach because I sure as heck can't. Well, I try to have my smoothie. Right. Within half an hour or yeah, else. Like good. I wouldn't face the day with it. Yeah. Okay, well what's the what's your top three vitamins that people should be taking Ooh, then? That's a good question. Like I said, you can't out supplement a bad diet. So I starting with nutrition for me is yeah. far more important than the vitamins that you can take. To me, they're the icing on the cake. So if you don't have a known issue and you're on birth control, mm. I would definitely be saying a multivitamin, multimineral, fish oil, probiotic. Okay. If you're okay. not and you then I would still probably say, let me think about this, vitamin D, a probiotic and magnesium. Magnesium, magnesium, B vitamins and zinc are all together generally in yeah, formulas. Magnesium is hands down the one thing we can't get enough of wow. through food because of a couple of reasons. We've, we've sterilised our soils so we're not getting it in the actual food itself or enough in the food itself. Um, but secondly, we're all living very fast-paced, highly stressed lives and higher stress requires more magnesium. So we're mm. depleted yeah. and then we're depleted more. 
Wow. Um, so yes, I would say magnesium is a game changer. I take magnesium by itself, and then magnesium with the yes. B3. But then I also take zinc by itself in the morning. Look at you! You're like a walking pharmacy. <laughs> I was just about to say, you really I, are. Well, That's yeah. where all your cash money's going, Matt. <laughs> yeah, you're, literally, you've I got, got a pharmacy at home. Do you feel good generally, though? Well, it's so funny. Uh, a Girl, a girl I was dating a couple of years ago, I went to her family Christmas and her. I was like, I'm just fucking tired all the time. I'm like, I'm so tired. And then she said, oh, my husband was. And then he got on like this um plan, this plan of like vitamins mm. and it made him feel better. And ever since then, I've just done it. And do you feel better than, oh, than I mean, then? Sometimes you feel down, but like yeah. for the better part, I feel good. Good. Yeah. Good. Aww. There yeah. you go. There you go. So it's a tip. Like all my girlfriends that I've had over the years, they how laugh. Many? How many? Yeah, how many? Yeah, how many? They always laugh because I always sit there on a Sunday like dipping them out. Yeah. Even my roomies would walk in and they'd see me like dipping them out. And I got them onto it as well. You Good. Know, get them onto a plan of it all. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I think that there's so much merit to it. And I think that the more we can actually work out actually what's actually happening for us and making it detailed... With magnesium, I used to have magnesium baths as well. Yes. In magnesium salt. Do you rate yes, that? At yes, all? absolutely. It's great for recovery. Mm. Yeah. My, my dad used to get them through work, like samples of like salt, and I used to put them in the bath. Yeah. And I used to just Perfect. Lay in the bath. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. So well, good. look, let's talk all things infertility next. Because <laughs> you're just going to fucking. Just talking about Matt natural just loves remedy. To personalize. <laughs> yeah, that's why I like. He's like, and what do you think of this? I'm like, this is not a, this is not a one-on-one appointment, Matt. All right, like I said earlier, I've been, uh, what would you say, diagnosed or um, advised, advised, told told that I am infertile, so I'm shooting blanks. How long ago was that diagnosis? Oh, 2020. Okay. And you had your sperm tested because? Um, Well, I had undescended testicles when I was born Mm. and then they told my parents around the age I was, 25, that I should get it tested. Right. Um, Then... I want to actually clear the air on this. My girlfriend at the time said my ejaculation is the same consistency as a guy she used to sleep with who had the vasectomy. There is no correlation to that at all. My (laughs) doctor told me that, but it did something that I was like, oh, well, then I told my mum and she said at this age, they said to get tested. So I did. And then they told me. But you knew about the undescended testes prior. Yes, Yes, I knew. So that's when I told my mum and she said, well, at this age, they said to do that. The doctor clarified that there's no connection through that. So it's just one of those things Mm. that Mm. happened to be said and then was brought me to this this outcome. Yeah, right. So, I mean, it's interesting because a lot of men won't know that they potentially don't have live sperm until they are are ready to have children or they've been trying for a year or more. And so... I'm in a different position. You are in a very different and unique position. Um, There's always a reason someone doesn't have sperm in the ejaculation. And and it's not usually where you'll start. So I have to often prompt patients to say, could you see if there's a varicocele or there's some type of blockage or something? It's not the first place that they look, which blows my mind because... It makes sense to look there. Anyway. How would you be able to tell that there is a blockage? They would have to, they could do an ultrasound. They might have to actually have a look and see. I've had a couple of ultrasounds on my balls over the years. Right. Like I remember one time a girl was feeling it. She said, that lump doesn't feel good. Right. Then and I there went, was nothing wrong? Nothing wrong with it. Then I had like and a couple. And they descend, this is like personal, but they're descended yeah, now? Yeah, I had the surgery when I was a year old. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, there's a couple of things. They haven't tried to do a biopsy to see if there's live sperm. So that's the surgery, right? Yeah. Yes. So... The doctor said, either I do the surgery now and I find out and I live my life knowing Mm -hmm. or I wait till I'm actually trying with a girl, then you're going to have the best 
right. chance of if to get the sperm and put it into her egg for IVF. Right. right. So he <laughs> said, I recommend doing it then. Mm-hmm. Chris and I sort of, I want to go get it done, but I'm sort of like, do I need to right now? Mm-hmm. And how much is it going to cost? It's going to be like six grand back yeah, then. So right. you can imagine what it is now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's a chance that there is still sperm. Yeah, there's a high, very high chance. So there's, I got 66% chance. Yeah, which is great. So yeah. I have, my little boy has a condition called cystic fibrosis. They also have an issue where... Basically, they're not ejaculating live sperm either. So I will go down this path with him. So it's interesting to have the conversation. But what I would still say is uh, you still want to do whatever you can to support whatever might be there. Of course. And sperm is interesting. Sperm regenerates every 120 days. So what you ejac- if you are ejaculating sperm, what you ejaculate now and what you ejaculate in 120 days can be vastly different based on your lifestyle. So there's a lot you can do. And even though you're not ejaculating it because there's a blockage or it's not actually able to be ejaculated live, you can still improve what's there. Yeah. They said one of the things that could be wrong is when they tied, well, when they did all yes. the tubes and the surgery that something might not linked up yeah. properly, there could yeah. be a blockage. Which we, like I said on here when we spoke about it, would be that would be um, not a bad outcome, but it would like lift my life with a yeah. sex to me, then I'm going to get a reversed one. So, right, you know, right. Like, I, mean, like, I, think, I, live my life. I think you should always live your life with the intention of if you want to have children, you want to do everything you can to make sure you're in the best yeah. possible position, not assume that you can, sorry, not assume that you can't um, and do everything that you can to help to support that. I've sort of gone down the route that I can't. Yeah, right. With um, in like my relationships and that sort of stuff, and how well, you can't get someone pregnant right now like that, which is right. But you would. There's obviously, like you said, there's every chance through IVF that you can, Mm. um, unless they find. Even if they do find that something's not connected as such, that it's probably still going to be safer to leave it as it is and use. You know, be able to extract that sperm and then use IVF when I'm yeah when you're ready. So you kind of. Whilst it's a bummer, at the same time, you're kind of lucky because, you you know, as it stands, you're not getting anyone pregnant. I know, yeah, And you exactly. probably can down the track. But this is a conversation I'll have to have with my son as well. We will have to do the same thing How for him. How old is he again? He's 11. 11, oh, he's... Yeah, he's definitely not at, that point. not at that point. He'll be wrapped when he finds out, don't yeah, you worry. Like, he'll be like, really, mum? But you should, there's so much you can do. And like I said, to the point of improving sperm over 120 days... Um, Any tips for that? Anyone listening that have yeah, a absolutely. Or a so this is really important, I think, because a lot of um, men will be told that where their sperm's at today, they they're a candidate for IVF at this point. Now that's not necessarily wrong, but I need to put it on the record. Medicine meets you where you're at. It doesn't actually go, oh, we've got a drug to make this better because it doesn't exist. Yeah. So therefore, you may not get that advice from your specialist because that's not their job to do that. So we want to look at what else we can do to improve that. And like I said, that's not taking a drug because no drug exists for that. That's taking vitamins and minerals and leading a lifestyle that's supportive of that. We know that sitting down for long periods of time can really almost cook the sperm. Um, So that's not ideal. Uh, Cyclists often have issues and horse riders have issues because you can kind of work that out. They're kind of like, you know. With that cook thing, I even watched a TikTok and I don't even, I don't wear jocks or anything to bed anymore. Yeah, let them free. Let Let them them be free. Um, Also, high stress really, really disrupts um, anyone's hormones, but, you know, equally men and women. So in terms of supplements that are safe to just recommend to anybody, um, anything with a high level of antioxidants, Zinc, uh, vitamin, zinc, yeah, yeah, vitamin, yeah, vitamin A, and yeah, they're, they're the Sorry. they're the main they're the main ones that I would be recommending that are pretty safe for anyone. Oh, and CoQ enzyme ten. Coke. Uh, co- 
<laughs> CoQ enzyme. CoQ enzyme is What's really that? great for, um, it helps with cellular function, but it's really, it's been proven to help with both sperm and egg quality. For I'll have to get them from women. you because I'm trying to write them down, but I can't spell them. So I'll have to get them from you when we so leave. Let's talk about like lifestyle as in like alcohol or like going out on the weekends. What can that do in regards to that with a lifestyle yeah. change? So what I can say is um, binge drinking is worse than moderate drinking. So even if you were to like, you know, binge drink once a month is worse than going out on a Friday and Saturday night and having three or four drinks. Mm. and just calling it a day at that point. Um, men can get away with more than women can. Um, for, for women, it messes their estrogen. Alcohol mimics estrogen. So for men, it does the same. You don't need a whole lot of estrogen. So having that in your system isn't ideal either. Yeah. Um, but smoking and drinking would have to be the two things that unfortunately definitely impact fertility alongside. But let's also be logical here and sort of say, all right, well, I do a lot of things to support my body. And how much can I get away with? And you also know how you feel after that too. So I think being able to check in with yourself and be able to say, oh, I feel recovered really quickly is very different to I feel sick four days later. Mm. So just checking in with that is really, I think, the other thing to look at. How I feel right now after the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you feel right now. <laughs> Every week I'm like, I'm not doing this again. Well, I think it's, it's hard because – it is one of the things that's really difficult to pull up on and the more alcohol we drink, the more alcohol we need. So it's one of those things that has to be conscious and I don't have good answers for that. It's not my area of expertise. Is there any sort of like exercise, anything you can do? Just general health, I guess, can help with it? For fertility? Yeah, for fertility. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Being active is really important. Mm. So, you know, the, the research is definitely telling us that we need fat and protein more than anything, yeah. our hormones are made of fat and protein. So if we're not actually eating enough, then we're not going to go on to make our hormones. As we get older, we need more of those. So in our 20s and 30s is different to 40s and uh, 30s and 40s. We definitely need more fat and protein as we get older to be more fertile. Would you say that anything in my lifestyle over the last couple of years would have affected my fertility and not, might not have been the unsettled testicles? Like even you saying that, do you think that like, when I was modelling, that like having a crash diet would have done anything to it? Potentially. Everyone's different. Yeah. Men are different to women. I would mm. say it's probably worse for women than it is for men, not okay. to dismiss that. It's yeah, no, still I just thought great. when you said that, I thought like I like, would hardly eat and like crash diet right. to the point. Of course, because it sends the body into a state of stress yeah. and then it does what it can to survive under the circumstances. If you're doing that frequently enough, oh, for years it can straight. absolutely yeah. impact that. I mean, the other thing too is I would say just to be truly sure – I would probably do a semen analysis somewhere along the line. Although if you actually are having oh, regular unprotected I've, sex. I've done this. Another one with a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Oh, no, not with a healthy lifestyle. Because it's interesting hearing that say that it's a 120-day cycle. I never knew I never that. Knew I've that. never I thought heard you create that. them every nah. hour. Well, you are creating them every hour, but you're creating them based on what you're at, where you're at right now. Oh, okay. So if you were to be diligent, so I say to patients, all right, I need at least six weeks of you to be diligent with what I'm advising. Yeah. 
and then we should retest. Yeah. yeah. I've had patients pregnant that have had zero viable sperm, zero, be pregnant within two months. Now, Crazy. that's not something that I would say happens all the time, but we have yeah. seen it happen. So, you know, it depends. I haven't seen your analysis, so I don't know whether there's some things that I could look at and say completely no or completely yes. Um, yeah. But I think there's definitely merit to that. Regardless, though, even if you're needing to do a biopsy to get sperm, you still want to make them as good as possible. Of course. If I was going to get that surgery, yeah. I would make, like you said, 120 days yeah. of like no drinking, just clean. Yeah, eating, if you did that, that would have a massive impact on your yeah. sperm health. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I would definitely do something mm. like that. That's so. so interesting. And it's really interesting because I don't know if you guys have seen it, but there's that show on at the moment and it's like a... Big Miracles, I think it's called. Yeah, the infertility show. And like I think they were saying like one in five people have infertility issues which is crazy because it's just not spoken about at all no i know Um, there's not enough awareness we spend our whole life trying not to fall pregnant only to find it's not as easy as we thought it was going to be when it's time to fall pregnant exactly and that's that's you know you can't learn that until you're actually in it i remember saying to my husband i don't know if i can fall pregnant i've never been pregnant so i don't know and the next month we were pregnant. You were pregnant. He was yeah. like, I thought you didn't know. I'm like, I didn't know. Sorry. And <laughs> now, now I know. Now don't touch me. Yeah. <laughs> now I realise. Well, it's interesting because I feel like we always talk about how like women have a biological clock and like, mm. you know, men have all of this time up up their sleeve. But I mean, recently I've found out that men at the age of 24 to 34, like at 34, you're half as fertile, which is crazy because no one – no that's one talks about it, thing. but the other thing that speeds up aging and then therefore takes us closer to being less fertile is stress. Yeah. And we all live with more than than ever before. Yeah. And our hormone our, our ovaries as women and I mean the men men's declines a bit slower, a lot slower, but your ovary function starts to decline from 35 or in our early 30s. That doesn't mean you're not fertile. And I can see patients that are more fertile in their 30s than they were in their 20s purely because of their lifestyle. So it's not a definitive scenario. Yes, you might have less eggs in the tank, but it doesn't mean that those eggs aren't viable. And what are you doing to make them as good as possible? Because we can improve that. When I saw the gynecologist, he said to me, because you're 30, you really need to start looking at egg freezing. Well, that's a really common um, offering at the moment. There's a lot Mm. of women that are freezing their eggs. And I think, again, I wouldn't go into that blindly. Mm. If if you look at some of the women that are being vocal about this, they're like, this was so not as easy as I thought it was going to be. I think it's it's a nice insurance policy if you are absolutely not in a position to have children Mm. um, or you are mid third. I mean, they're going to say the younger you are to freeze your eggs, the better the the egg quality is going to be. It's there's no one that can make this decision other than you. I think what I don't love is the fear that's put in women Mm. that if they don't do this now, they're not going to have children. Yeah. And we help women have children into their late forties. I've faced faced that recently as well with my relationship that I am. My partner, she's 30 and you're nearly 31 and I've had not the fear but like the concern for her Mm. because of where I'm at Mm. and my age and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I think the thing is that we still discount looking after ourselves. We bypass that part and go, it's fine, I can party my life away and just go and freeze some eggs. Mm. The quality of what you freeze if you're not diligently looking after yourself in the lead up to that and then during is going to be sub-average anyway. So it really is – and the difference is also when you make the decision to have children, you are going to look after – well, 
most people are going to look after themselves at yeah. that point. Yeah. Absolutely. Not yeah. just a month before I decide to do an egg collection yeah. and freeze them. So, you know, there's lots of variables. I, I say to patients, you know, if you're not in a position to have children and you are really stressed out about this or you actually are in a posi- position but you're not ready yet mm. and there's plenty of people in this scenario and they're, you know, in their mid to late 30s, yeah, better to be safe than sorry but nothing's ever going to be better than your own um, your own natural conception, yeah, and you're using assisted conception. Should that not work, yeah, yeah, could Matt potentially not to talk on your behalf? But I'm just wondering. Yeah, ask why. <laughs> um, if he got the surgery and they did find sperm in his testicles, would he then be able to freeze that yeah. sperm? Yeah, so that would yeah. be the idea of what they would do. They would yeah. then right. freeze that. Because or because I'd never can unless they found a blockage, then I think then they would unblock it. Yeah, well, that's what I'm wondering. They may yeah, they may or may not be may. able to do that. But if they if there's no blockage and they're just not swimmers, then they will take the, the sperm and freeze it, and then I would have to have IVF to have a kid. I mean, isn't that something you can like think about just for the peace of mind? But like I've said, I don't really – I'm not in any position to be trying at the moment or yeah. any like – No, not not saying that you would like use it soon but just like – I suppose, yeah. But then know. like you, then you come back, you circle back to like if they do find them, they want the egg there to put it in like straight away so I have the best chance of – but can't you just freeze it by... Yeah, you can freeze it, but the best chance would be yeah. having the egg there uh, and then to put into your So you basically what you're weighing up is if I did that, is it a waste of money? Money, and time, effort. effort to yeah. like... When I'm ready. To when yeah. I'm ready. So like, so it's, yeah, like it's one of these things where I say, well, fuck, do you wait? Then you've got to be very open with your partner about it and you got to say, well, this is what... This where is I'm at. Where and the I'm hard at. part is that, yeah, you are going to get urgency. But also I want to say when you're at this point in time where you are freezing eggs or you're going to your doctor for this, you know, this is all they see all the time. So if I was to base my awareness on what I see, I'm going to have a skewed opinion about birth control because I don't see yeah. people coming into the clinic going, I'm fantastic with my marina. How are you today? Like that's not what I see. So yeah. I see people that aren't happy. Yeah. And so if you're going into your clinic because you're worried, that's you're not the only person in there that day. So things get sort of skewed as to whatever environment that you're mm. in. And I just think it's important for women and men to have all of the information to go and make an informed choice speak to other people speak to people that have done it you know it again your egg quality might actually be better when you're 40 than when you were 32 because you were not looking after yourself Mm. Um, Uh, and on that skewed thing as well you could it's probably best to get multiple opinions because you're like seeing one person they might have one opinion to like the next person you know what i mean absolutely and the other thing that i see happen is it becomes becomes this hoarding game where women tend to get, you know, oh, we got five viable eggs. We're going to put them on, on, you know, freeze. Let's go again. Let's get you some more. Let's go again. It's like where do you draw the line? I've had mm. patients have to say, that's enough. I'm done. I don't need any more. Yeah. So I don't know. There's no I – can't, um, I can't speak for the majority. Yeah. I just think it's important that we get ourselves in a position and we have as much information as possible. Speak to people about yeah. it and put yourself in the best position to get the best outcome. When I was watching the show on fertility, what was it? What was it? Small miracles. Big miracles. Big miracles. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, big miracles. Yeah. Um, the way that IVF was kind of positioned on the show, it kind of felt like if you're doing IVF, the sperm quality 
you're like they're picking the best sperm that they can see so then therefore maybe you'll end up with like a healthier or better baby depends that's kind on, of what i took from it depends on if they're doing ivf or ICSI. so there's different processes for assisted conception okay ivf is when they kind of just put it all in the one and let the sperm find the egg yeah whereas ICSI is when they will take the best quality sperm and put it with the egg right so there's different ways depending on your sperm quality depending on i hope if i do our sperm they pick the most healthiest one my genetics getting passed on yeah well i mean you know <laughs> <laughs> No, a lot of people did say when I put the episode out, they're like, fuck, such a shame to waste those genetics. Oh, I know. <laughs> I got a lot of those messages. Can you believe it? I was like, yeah. Nat's true. never met Matt, but now she, now she can yeah. see. Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently we're going to have acupuncture, so, you know. Yes. You're yeah. gonna, is there any pressure points to find that can help generate sperm? <sighs> I would hate to know where it is. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Matter of pressing it every day. There's absolutely, but it would look at the person. It's an individual approach. So it's not like, oh, yeah, this is the sperm point. Having said that, there is a point for the cervix. So there's, you know, stranger things have happened. Yeah, I'd hate to know if it's in the actual. No, it's (laughs) generally not in the local vicinity. Oh, okay. I mean, if I come in for um, some acupuncture again, let's not press my (laughs) cervical point because I don't want to get pregnant just yet. Yeah, yeah, keep away from that. I just have one last question for you because we are running out of time, even though I feel like we could talk to you like for forever. We've had a couple of episodes where Matt's opened up about his infertility and like the journey that he's been on. And there's been a lot of people who have reached out to us who are struggling with infertility. So I guess my question for you is just like, what would you say to those people who maybe are kind of in the trenches at the moment and really struggling? Yeah, I think it, it's so hard. Mm. Um, the time that you decide to have a baby and then it doesn't go to plan and everybody else around you seems to be falling pregnant, announcing things, it yeah. is really difficult. Um, I wouldn't wait to try and find answers and I would actually try and find answers. Often women and men are told that they're just infertile and they're put in the category of unknown infertility, mm. which to me there's no such thing as unknown. It's just We haven't looked hard enough yet to figure out why. There's always a reason why. There's many pieces of the puzzle and you can't isolate your reproductive organs. They work in conjunction with other things. So if you have celiac or Hashimoto's or there's lots of other things that exist outside that possibly need to be looked at and it's not necessarily where if you're in a fertility clinic, that's not necessarily where they'll look because it's not the way that they look at it. Mm. Um, So first and foremost, let's find out why. Let's not accept you know, unanswered infertility, that's not a diagnosis. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, at some point you have to start to believe you're in your body. This is that, and it's very difficult when you've been met time and time again with negative outcomes, you stop believing in yourself. Yeah. And it's it, literally the only thing that you can believe in is that your body can do it. So I have patients do something whether they like it or not, and I plant the seed that when they leave the clinic, they need to think acne behaviours if they're already pregnant. We're very good at pushing away the very thing we want to come in as a protective mechanism. I'm like, what if yeah. you were pregnant today, if you wanted to be? What if you were pregnant today? What if? How would you act if you left here? Yeah. So have that It's mindset. a very different energy. It feels yeah. already good, right? Yeah. And yes, okay, sometimes we can be met with disappointment, but living according to what you want to bring into your life, I can tell you just through experience, you get 
higher outcomes by doing that. So start to think, act and behave. If you are wanting to be pregnant and you've been met a lot of times with negativity or negative results, start to think, act and behave as if you are. Make decisions as if you already are. Be selfish. Yeah. It's all about you at this point in time. The power of the brain I know, it's is very, crazy. Yeah. Right? It really is. It really is. And I, it's almost like, you know, though, there are people out there, you and I know these people, and they say they're going to do something and you're like, oh, my God, they're crazy, like as if. And they go and do it because yeah. they believe they can. Yeah. So, you know, we are, we're living in a world where we're told about everything we can't do, especially fertility. There's mm. a lot of negativity around fertility and I think we need to change that. Our body knows what it's doing under the right circumstances. It's up to us to create that environment that Absolutely. makes it optimal. Mm. Nat, thank you so much. This has been super interesting. Thank We've you. loved having you. Yes. Matt's loved it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> Matt's had a private session over there. I always turn these into my little private sessions. I know. So, I know. Thank you so while much. While we're on record, me. as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's not coming out the best. Thanks, no, Matt. No, thank Thanks, you. Appreciate guys. you coming thank in. You.